0: Welcome to the People and Performance Podcast, offering tips and expert insights into the strategic capabilities, behaviors, and results needed to grow and sustain employee
1: performance. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the People and Performance Podcast. I'm Chris Orling, co-host and president at Fidello Inc. In this episode, Bill Bannam and I talk about why happier leaders tend to perform better and get more engagement from their colleagues. We are joined by Tia Graham, founder of Arrive at Happy, and author of the new book, Be a Happy Leader. Throughout the book's pages, strategies and tactics are provided, which include the use of positive psychology, having a broad perspective, executing quickly, creating strong relationships, measuring what matters, and being able to spark the team. Listen as we talk about ways to encourage leaders to be happier and the knock-on effects on employee engagement, company culture, and The Bottom Line. And please, always remember to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Tia, welcome to the show today. We're excited to have you here.
0: Thank you. I'm excited to be with you.
1: Bill's told me such great things about you from his last experience he's had with you on his his other podcast, so I'm I'm looking forward to this. So let me just start right out. First question for you. What does happiness mean to you, and how do you try to live a mentally and physically healthy, thriving life?
0: Happiness to me means feeling that my life is purposeful, having more of the positive emotions than the painful ones on average. Um, it's also about, and, and I know you asked about it, you know, living healthy with mind, mind, body, and spirit, having lots of new experiences every single year. And I think just overall feeling content. And some ways that on how I do this are getting enough sleep, exercising four times a week, you know, spending time in nature, eating healthy foods, meditating, and filling my mind with education and and inspiration, you know, whether it be podcasts like this or books or TED Talks, that sort of thing. Um, I really prioritize time with my family, uh, friends too, but I have two little kids, so I would say it's mostly family right now with, with where my life is. Um, and always, I think always just trying to become a better version of myself. I feel like Try not to compete with other people, but trying to become a better, a better version of myself. Uh, so yeah, those are some ways.
1: I love it. I love it. And two younger kids keeps you energized and tired and it's probably hard to get that sleep. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I try, I try and go to bed. Not, not long after them. So
1: <laughs> good answer.
2: We focus heavily in this show on employee performance, Um, as you may have guessed from the title of the podcast. um, I'd love you now to tell Chris and I a little bit about uh, leveraging happiness to achieve higher performance, and specifically, maybe you can share if it's possible that happy employees equal higher return on investments for employers.
0: Yes, happiness, whether it's leadership happiness, you know, executive happiness, manager happiness, employee happiness all directly connects to business performance. And so whether this be creativity, productivity, obviously, engagement, morale, motivation, sales and business development, retention, happy customers. I mean, there are many, many business metrics and the ROI is definitely there. And what I when I work with leadership groups of companies, I really focus on teaching leaders how to increase their happiness so that they can be their best self and inspirational and motivational to their teams, and then give strategies and tactics to help their employees, whether this be, you know, two examples are making sure that everyone's getting positive feedback on a consistent basis so that they are feeling motivated. And another example is, constantly talking about how the work is purposeful and meaningful and and how everyone is contributing and making progress in helping society, you know? So there's many, many strategies that leaders can use to increase happiness. Um, And so that's really the approach that I take.
1: Excellent. Excellent. So you just wrote a book or you've written a book, Be a Happy Leader, that is geared towards leaders. And you just talked a little bit about that concept there. So let me ask a question here that focuses on the leaders. What unique stresses have been placed on leaders since the outbreak of COVID?
0: Oh, my goodness. So, of course, like everyone else, they're juggling all of the challenges in their personal life, whether it was, you know, kids at home from school and, you know, worrying about health, etc. In addition, the experiences and the expectations of workers have changed drastically. You know, people got flexibility and they want to keep it. People experienced working from home and a lot of people want to keep it. Um, And also because of this whole reshuffle and, you know, reset, leaders are having to lead people that are doing more work with less. You know, there's been so many changes of people leaving jobs. Well, everyone who stayed is now taking on more. And so they need to keep people motivated, understanding that people's workload has increased, has changed. And of course, with all these, the shift of people, it just puts more pressure on everyone. So that's it. Those are a couple of unique challenges. And I would also say that everyone is really prioritizing their well-being, whether it be their psychological well-being, emotional well-being, physical well-being relational well-being, you name it. So well-being has is being pushed right to the front and center. And so leaders need to authentically care about well-being in a way that they did not have to do three years ago.
2: Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. So Tia, you say that it's important for leaders to have clear scientific data to support incorporating the science of happiness into their lives and into their careers. So what are you talking about? What what people analytics metrics are you talking about there?
0: So I believe that everything you do in business should be measured because you want to be able to, to track progress, see what's working, see what's not and be able to pivot and adjust. And so one tracking is most companies measure once or maybe twice a year how engaged, how people are doing, whether they're using Gallup Q12 or, you know, other survey tools. And I really encourage organizations to measure at least once a month so that you can be proactive and really understand what's going on and get ahead of it. So that's one and just in terms of using data. Um, also looking at, you know, people's productivity. so. What people want today is not to work, well, the majority of people don't want to work all the time. They want to have life work integration. And so one ways that leaders can support this is by helping everyone increase their productivity. So when you increase your productivity, you're working sp- faster, you're working smarter, not more hours. And so by increasing everyone's experienced happiness while they're working, You're going to increase productivity and you will be able to, for example, give people summer Fridays or, you know, increase how much, um, you know, vacation time they have, et cetera. So by really focusing on the emotional experience of people working and increasing those positive emotions while people are working, you're going to increase productivity and then allow people to have more balance which then will contribute to their life happiness as well.
2: And if it means that they get extra holiday, that sounds okay, doesn't it? Jeez. Um, okay, so from team member turnover to stakeholders, high expectations, leading a team within an organization can take over life. In your eight step, readers will have inspiration strategies and tools to achieve amazing results in all areas of their lives. Can, can you take a few minutes now and talk about those eight steps from your book?
0: Yes. So the eight steps are based on my 14 years leading teams in the luxury hotel industry and then all of the research and work I've done over the past five years with Arrive at Happy. So the first step is start with you. This is using the science of happiness and neuroscience to choose happiness for yourself and make choices to increase and sustain your well-being. Step two is zoom out. This is about having a broad, wide perspective on your organization and building strong relationships because you don't have tunnel vision. You're not just looking at your department or your division. Step three is execute brilliantly. This is all about working smarter, not harder, and being organized using um, productivity tools based on neuroscience and really focusing on how you can communicate better so that you're not bogged down by hundreds of emails every single day. Step four is prioritize relationships over to-do lists. So this is about cultivating really strong, connected, caring relationships with everyone that reports to you and being their coach. And by prioritizing that one-on-one time, With your direct reports, your to-do list is going to get smaller because they are going to excel and your life is going to get easier. Step five is your number one priority, and this is your team. So, in this step, I inspire and teach people how to create a really strong connected team that has trust and psychological safety and friendships and fun so that people want to stay together. The research shows that. It takes way more money to lure someone away from an engaged manager. So that's about creating a really awesome team that people don't want to leave. Step six is about measure to excel. So this is focusing on the lead measures as opposed to the lag measures and motivating your team, working together um, to focus on your wildly important goals. And so everyone is working together um, and measuring, measuring the right stuff. Step seven is be the spark. So this is about the energy that you bring every single day, whether it's virtual hybrid in person, but really inspiring people with your energy and having infectious energy that energizes others because energy is a very important organizational resource that often gets overlooked. And then step eight is master your mindset. So this is about having a bias towards innovation Being positive and optimistic more than being negative and being this lifelong learner so that you are always growing and never never feeling like you know it all. Really being this lifelong student. So those are the eight.
1: Wow, what a great set of lists there. Well, we're at that point in time where we're running us down on the clock here. So we have two questions that we like to ask. This first question is we have introduced this in this season, season five of our podcast series. So let me ask you this one first. You've given us a great list of things. You've given us thoughts. You've, you've expressed happiness with everything you're talking about, you're focusing on getting people to the right level and getting you know the removal of things that that cause contention and, and all that kind of stuff. So let me ask you this one thing. Can you share one piece of advice or some direction that you were given by a mentor, a leader, or a colleague that inspired you to perform at a higher level in your career?
0: Yes. So one comes to mind and actually inspired one of the steps. So one of my mentors sat down with me and actually gave me this leadership book and said, you are working really, 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 really hard. You are doing everything you know how to do, but I know that you can drive results faster. I know that you can achieve more. And this this measurement tool that I shared truly changed my life because I stopped spinning my wheels and started being way more strategic, and I also created alignment and so that, that piece, um, step six, which was when I was the director of sales and marketing of the W Hollywood Hotel, um, Dan King was my mentor. He was the regional vice president. And that is just one that comes to mind that drastically shifted how I led and how my teams performed.
1: Brilliant. Love that. Then the next question we have for you is from a culture and people processes perspective, what does a high-performing company mean to you?
0: A high-performing company means to me that everyone is fully connected to the purpose of the organization, to how the organization is helping make society, the earth a better place. Like everyone is ignited with passion because of the purpose. That's one. The second is right from the very top, from the C-suite, the executive level. That everyone, all the executives, and then it trickles down. Know that the top priority is their people. Is how their people feel. Creating um, journeys and and career paths where people can grow and develop. And it is is just very very clear and aligned that we are going to take care of our people, and our people are going to take care of our customers. And then um, I would say uh, another another piece is there is a there's a motivation and there's an energy throughout the organization that that drives results. And what's coming to mind is. Everyone is competitive, but everyone is having so much fun. And because of that, everyone's innovative and creative. And the last thing I'll say is there is a respect for people's personal lives. There is is a respect for people's health, whether it be sleep, exercise, vacation. That creates a, a really strong company, too.
2: I just love your energy, Tia. Love it. Love it. Um, okay, before we wrap up, how can our listeners learn more about you? So maybe you want to share your LinkedIn details, email address, whatever you want to do there. And how can they be like me and be an owner of your book, Be a Happy Leader?
0: So you can find everything about me and about my my company offers on arrive at arriveathappy.com. That's also where you'll find my book, Be a Happy Leader. Yeah, the Allop Leader is also available on any, um, you know, Amazon or any of the wherever you like to, to buy your books, um, paperback, ebook, or audiobook. And you can listen to chapter one um, right now on my website if you go to arriveathappy.com. And I also created a free four part video course a, called the Happy Leader Challenge. So if you go to arrive at happy.com, you, wa- you can watch these four videos and get a lot of great content for free right now.
2: Wonderful. Well, I'm happy I'm smiling because I got another chance to chat with you. Chris, what are your closing thoughts before we uh, before we thank Tia and wrap up for today?
1: Tia, this is brilliant. I hope everybody goes out to your website and takes advantage of not only the book but the video pieces that you just referenced there. I think it's great for people to start, at you know, that moment of self reflection where you can look at yourself and say, okay, what am I doing and how can I do it differently and work smarter and produce better? And I think everything you talked about today is, is a wonderful thing for people to, to investigate further and to grab the pieces that are important to them to make their lives better. Thank you.
0: Thank you, guys. I really, it's, it's been great talking with you.
1: Thanks, Tia. Thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the People in Performance Podcast. Follow us on social media and remember to subscribe.